Let me tell you one thing about niggas. Niggas love imagining shit. Niggas can't do nothing but imagine some shit. Niggas tell you they gonna do this. Niggas tell you they gonna do that. But the one thing a nigga won't do is not imagine shit. These are facts, nigga. I don't know about you young niggas and them, 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 them Googling, nigga. The nigga told me that he was going to do a show. I said, nigga, do a show. He said, I'm going to do a show. I said, well, nigga, do a show. Nigga, I'm still waiting. Nigga, I'm sitting here. I've been waiting for motherfucking weeks. Nigga, do the goddamn show. When the fuck is show going to stop? Microphone check. One, 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 two, two. This is not a show, nor is it a fucking podcast. This is a social media conversation between you and I covering the past, present and future of American culture. The title of the show is within the description box. I am your host, Dupreme, and I thank you. Out of all the places in the world that you could have been, you chose to be here with me. All right, all right, all right. Enough of that bullshit. Let's get into it. In 1997, Fox 2000 Pictures released a film on a $7.5 million budget, earning a profit margin of approximately... $34.2 million at the box office. This film would soon be known as the first installment of the so-called African-American horror film universe. Its prequel, released in 2009, Precious, directed by Lee Louise Daniels, unfolds the treacherous tales and childhood experiences of Josephine Joseph. Josephine, also known as Precious, survived her ignorant, drug-addicted, abusive mother, not only becoming a mother herself, but eventually building what would appear to be a peaceful, united, educated family structure. Vibe with me. Yet if one were to examine said film a bit closer, one might observe that the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. Precious, I mean, Josephine Joseph, survived her disgusting low-grade subhuman of a mother, only to meet her husband, have more children, One child becomes successful. The others struggle and are jealous of Josephine's firstborn, Terry. Terry is the firstborn daughter of Josephine, who would achieve the status. She achieved Terry, Joseph, achieved the status of high-powered attorney. The other two daughters achieved whatever Terry loaned them. Jealousy, envy, hatred, infidelity, poverty, struggling businesses, ex-drug dealers or gangbangers. All are all the results of Josephine Joseph's dark past boiling like a festering, pus-filled bed sore, oozing 
oozing out, infecting her offspring. Yet, yet, Josephine does nothing to change this. Her husband dies. The father of her children dies by her own bloody hands. Do you hear me, people? Are you with me? Her husband dies. The father of her children dies by her own bloody hands. She feels no remorse for herself nor her children. Her childhood experiences have made her numb. Her emotional responses are dormant, which is seen as a character. A personality that Josephine has created in order to survive that horrific mother, that animal, that dog, gorilla-faced bitch that raised her. She feels no remorse for herself nor her children. In fact, she becomes more demonic in her approach. After 30 to 50 years of poisoning her children's father. Now, Josephine, or as her grandchildren called her, Big Mama, would ensure that the same poisonous ingredients that sent her husband to an early grave would be shoved down the throats of her children's children. They called her Big Mama. And she ensured that the poisonous ingredients that sent her husband to an early ass grave would be shoved down the throats of her children's children. Big Mama, as they called her, didn't give two fucks about nobody. Her dark, precious past haunted her so deeply. That like Christopher Wallace, she was ready to die. So she been she began consuming, indulging in the same poisonous ingredients that took her husband's life. She burnt herself and didn't feel it. She lost her leg and still laid in that hospital bed with the look of a serial killer on her face. As her eldest grandson cried out to her, begging and pleading. But Big Mama didn't give a fuck. Straight, savage, emoji face. That's what she gave him. As the film begins to come to an end, Big Mama or Josephine dies. As she desired to. This is what she wanted. She desired to die. She didn't give a fuck about nobody or nothing. Them little nappy head niggas. She didn't give a fuck about them. All they tears and don't die, grandmama. Grandmama, we's gonna miss you. What shouts with dudes now that you're gone? She didn't give a fuck about them niggas. She desired to die. But similar to Jigsaw. In the Saw series, her true masterpiece, her true master plan was yet to unfold. For after her funeral, 
After all the tears, the pain, and the heartache, her most darkest, most disturbed plan was to poison not only the bodies of her family, it was to ensure, it wasn't to just poison the bodies of her direct family, it was to ensure that said poison would be handed down generation to generation. She wanted her true jigsaw master plan was to make sure to ensure that said poison would be handed down generation to generation until her bloodline is genetically removed from all existence. Josephine's biopic was released in 1997, followed by the prequel Precious. The film this film, which stands as one of the most horrifying tales of murder and betrayal, a visual expression of true genocide, Josephine's biopic was called Soul Food. Look, I've been Dupreme since 1984, and you've been a great audience. Gone.